When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this Big Drive Energy full swing recap episode, we get into episode number six, Don't Get Bitter, Get Better, mostly featured around Tony Finau and Colin Morikawa, two of our guys that are kind of cool on tour, the guys that we follow a fair amount. Um, Morikawa, we're not big fans of, but not nearly as much as we don't like Scotty Scheffler. Morikawa is just kind of also a lame but also a dominant force or was a dominant force for a little while there and seems like a big game hunter in the majors and this is all brought to you by our presenting sponsor over at pins and aces pins and aces is the best golf brand we've ever been a part of and we've ever seen they have the best polos in the game we both rock their golf bags we're both decked out with their head covers mitchell's got the icy head cover i've got the uh king i don't know what it is it's like kings and like cards and it all matches my pink bag mitchell's got the the fresh white bag um we're decked out with pins and aces head covers we're always decked out in pins and aces gear when we're out on the golf course they've got the liquor stick they've got the beer sleeve they've got the best polos in the game they've got the best ball markers in the game now they're rolling out with joggers they've got gloves anything you could want apparel wise for golf pins and aces has it and it is the best only stuff we wear when we're out on the golf course. You can use that promo code BDE at pinsandaces.com for 15% off your entire purchase. So make sure you're heading over to pinsandaces.com. Get yourself set up for this golf season. All, all markers, hats, you name it, they've got it all. Pinsandaces.com, promo code BDE. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> Tony Finau, man. What an interesting character. Not interesting, but just the way he goes about the game of golf and, and his life is so much different than 90% of players on tour, I would say. Yeah, he's... Uh, there's a few guys that are um, all in Utah, like Summer Hayes and Finau and guys like that. And it, I, I honestly, like my, one of my biggest takeaways was just how cool it is, the, the amount of support he has in his local community. Because, you know, like you go to California, you go to Scottsdale, um, 
you go to Florida, you go to, you know, Jupiter and Orlando and stuff. And there's so many tour players that you're just kind of anonymous, not, not anonymous, but you know what I mean? You're not the, you're not the star of, of town by any means, but Finau is definitely, you can tell like a, a big presence in Salt Lake city, which I think is really cool. And I, I just really didn't understand, uh, how nice of a dude he is. And I, you know, you see it on TV, but that's what I think is so great about this TV show is just obviously giving us an inside look into these guys' lives. And he's genuinely just like the coolest dude and um, like the best dad. And it blows my mind because I look at him and he looks like he's 30 and he has five kids. I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, it's just crazy to look at, people borderline my age or a little older and they have like that many kids. I'm like, you guys, you guys have been real busy. Um, but awesome dude, great dad. Uh, and just has so much game. Like he was one of those guys where I, I'd heard about him on mini tours for forever. And he was somewhat of a mini tour legend, I guess you could say, cause he started, he turned pro when he was 16 and had been playing mini tours. Like you and I watched him, him and his brother on big break 10 years ago, over probably over 10 years ago. So. Oh yeah. We were in mid high school, younger high school. So that's almost 15 years ago now. Yeah. I actually think that maybe him and Gipper were like 18, 19, 20 years old when they filmed that, which I didn't really realize, but they were super young and, Tony's just always had that kind of talent and I'm shocked. They, they didn't talk about Gipper, his brother at all. Cause uh, I know that he was a big part of Tony's life and they were boys. I know Gipper's a little bit of a hothead though. Um, he had some, uh, not, I wouldn't say anger issues, but he definitely liked to pop off on the golf course. But the craziest thing is, is so Gipper's like five, eight, he's not a tall dude, but he hits it just as long as Tony does. Like they've both bombed at their entire career. So uh, I wish I would have seen a little bit of that, but it's just cool to watch the dude transform. Like you said, he was sleeping in his car on mini tours and uh, now he's chartering private jets home after, you know, winning back-to-back events on the PGA tour last year. So uh, I'm just really happy for the dude. Honestly, it's like one of those guys that, like he said in the show, a, a winner is just a loser that never gave up. Like I, I do fuck with that. That sounds corny, but I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, one of my notes was exactly what you said. And I can't shake the feeling that he's not like 25 years old. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just as, as we, as you slowly get older as a person, you kind of just, you just wake up every day and deal with life, you know, and you get to be 29, 30, 30, whatever you are. Uh, you hit milestones in your own life and, and other people's lives continue to move on as well. But like you said, we've been watching Tony and Gipper Finau for 15 plus years. And it's a guy that you, th- you, I don't know if you just relate cause you were, we were about his age and now he's, you know, th- whatever he is, 34, 35 years old with five kids. And is he that old? I, I don't know. I'm just assuming. I bet having, he's like 32 with having as many kids as he does. And his old, the one kid is that's already playing golf and stuff is pretty old. I feel like. like yeah, no, he, I think he's, he was born in 2011. He's 33. He's 33. Okay. Okay. So he, he yeah. his son was born in 2011. So that would have been. Uh, so he's the same age as Rory. 
That's crazy. That, yeah, that is so wild because I mean we've seen Rory out there. We we've known both of we've known both of their golf games, but in different lights. Like Tony, Tony, I think it was like I remember watching him finally get. Um, he had a great year on PGA Tour Canada, and that vaulted him up to at the time the Web.com tour, and then he he basically went. I remember watching it because he went no status Canadian tour, Corn Ferry tour, PGA tour in a span of three years. So he just like got really hot. And I always remember for him, cause obviously his T to green game, his ball striking is really good. Like he has no limitations there. So it always came down to his putting. And I remember he got really dialed in with a few different odyssey putters um, back when he made his leap up to the PGA tour. And I was like, Holy shit, this guy finally made it on tour. Like, I always knew the guy's name and just for him to finally make it out there is super cool. And now for him to be winning it, it just kind of gives all these mini tour guys faith in what they're doing. Cause he was like, we saw in the episode, he was by no means a country club kid. He was uh, not very wealthy growing up. He was hitting balls in his, uh, in his garage into a mattress. And now he's here. So I, I, man, there's a few times and like we've we've mentioned i'm not proud of not being emotional i just don't really like get that emotional over a lot of stuff but him talking about his mom i was like somebody's cutting onions in here and then when he won the detroit uh what was that the the rocket mortgage and he gave a shout out to his son i was like how fucking cool is that like you just you take that opportunity and tony you know that's it just goes to show you how much he really cares about his family. Like when you went on the PGA tour, you'd be like, I'd like to thank myself, you know, <laughs> like I worked my ass off to get here, but he's had so much support and his, his wife seems just rock solid, like really fucking cool. She's been with him since day one. And they're just, they're just like super solid and like based in there. I mean, whatever faith they believe in, I, I think it's very cool that they, uh, they just have such a sense of community and I, I fuck with that. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. They, there was a lot of talk of course about him and how he travels with his family and how it's a distraction. Uh, but like you talked about with his rise from, you know, mini tours to the PGA tour so quickly, I feel like the same thing kind of happened because he was that guy that couldn't win on tour. He was like the most, he was probably a top three I think he's, he, I think he has 10 runner ups. Yeah, he was like, like the, the top three famous guy that like, OK, you can count on him being really good and being in a lot of events, but just never getting over the hump. And that's why it was cool. Like he'd won before this show started, but then towards the end of this filming, you know, I don't know exactly when all this was filmed, but then towards the end of the year, he was like, couldn't not win. There yeah. was a point, you know, where he was winning every event and he was almost entering in for a little while there towards the end of last year. So it's cool. His, you know, it just shows you how hot you can get in golf and, and that meteoric rise that you can have just based on your play. And that kind of relates me back to one of the things I want to talk about is Sean Foley said it early in really early in this episode, but he said, uh, you know, if you shoot 66, they can't turn you away. And golf is the true, I don't know how many times we've said it, but I just, it's so true in this game where you, you can't can, be kept out. 
yeah, it doesn't matter your your color, your size, your height, your weight, your ethnic background, nothing. If you go out there and you go to a Monday qualifier and shoot 64 and you're the best player, you're playing on the PGA Tour that week. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You yeah. know, and in other sports, you know, there's so much we don't know in, in sports in general. And oh, yeah, politics and exactly but who are are literally a product of what you shoot yeah you know and it's that old funny saying the scorecard doesn't ask how it just asks how many and doesn't matter what your game looks like doesn't matter what your swing looks like i've seen people with perfect golf swings that what i would like i look to teach them and i'm like dude i can't like do much for you and they're shooting in the high 80s 90s and then I've seen guys that I watch them on the range and I'm like, dude, this guy's going to fire a hundred and they come out and whoop my ass by 10, you know? So there, it, it doesn't matter how you get it done. It's just about getting it done. And that's why golf is really a sport where going back to Tony's really young age, it's kind of wild to me when kids become so dominant and he's a 0.1 of 0.1% in the golf world now. And his dad like, didn't even know what golf was like he, you just, yeah, you create you know, this culture click. like in your family and everything where um it's it's just crazy, dude. Like like you said, uh Tony, yeah, Tony's dad didn't even know what golf was and and now Tony's like a world beater out there. So there's no, you know, there there's no recipe, there's no right or wrong way to get out there, which like you said is the cool part about golf, but I thought Sean Foley like first line of the episode came in hot. He was like there's a a distinct race issue in America. I'm like, holy shit. Like that's a big broad. You're painting a broad brush here for the very first line of this episode. Um, not saying I don't agree or whatever, but like, God damn, that's, I, I guess they were trying to kind of, you know, show what Tony's been through and how Tony was inspired also, I think Samoan people are so fucking cool. Like, I just that whole heritage is so cool to me. And the have you ever seen you've seen the Hakka dance, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That like gets me fired up. That gives me the goosebumps. I think that shit is so cool. Um, so like just just the the sense of community. Like I said, I've said it multiple times already. But when he gets home from winning in Detroit, and it's just like his family, and it's like forty of them like a massive family, this entire support system. And I'm sure it's not always uh, great, you know, <laughs> like th there's always issues with family. There's always problems, but just to see uh, the amount of support he's got around him is super cool. Um, they didn't really do much with Morikawa. It was just kind of weird. I feel like they kind of painted him in like a uppity um, kind of a cocky, like, I, I don't really know. Slight. Yeah. Yeah. Very pretentious talking with his, you know, with Adidas about how he doesn't like these colors. He's got some doodle mix wearing booties on a fucking private jet price. So his dog's feet don't get dirty. Like, give me a fucking break. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. He came off as a little pretentious for sure. And I'm not, not a Colin Morikawa fan, like you said in the intro, but I'm, there's nothing really where I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, this guy's fun to root for. Um, he's just kind of one of those vanilla dudes that's just locked in on winning. And I, I don't blame the guy. 
Um, cause everybody, you know, everybody's got their place. You got to have the Joel Damon's of the PJ tour and the Tony Finau's and the Colin Markow's and the Rory McElroy's to, uh, really, you know, make the PJ tour what it is. If everybody was like Colin Morikow, it'd be boring. And if Joel Damon, if everybody's like Joel Damon, I mean, it wouldn't be boring, but, uh, I mean, lower scores probably wouldn't exist <laughs> to this day. No, Joel's a great player, obviously, but some of these guys are just more laser focused on winning than others. And maybe that do you think that's what they're trying to highlight is like the difference in like Morikawa, how he's very single minded. And then Finau, how he's like juggling five different kids and a wife and his parents and, you know, and also along with playing golf. That that is a good point. Now that you bring that up, it makes perfect sense that they kind of have contrasting they just have completely contrasting styles um but they both have relatively the same success if you don't if you look at just wins in general instead of major wins you know Colin Morikawa like we said is more of a big game hunter won the PGA won the Open Championship already and Finau hasn't um but Finau's won plenty on the PGA Tour and obviously takes care of his family and makes a, a good living out there on the tour but I do think that I like that Tony Fino came out and said, people think that I don't take this seriously because I have my family around or something of that sort of light in the quote and was like, they just don't know me or they don't know what I've been through. And yeah. it's, it's fair to us. It's fair to say that maybe he'd be better if he w didn't have his family around. It's also f fair to say maybe he'd be way worse. Maybe he'd miss them. Maybe he wouldn't. Um, be able to focus as much because his, you know, he knows his kids are doing something else or his wife's somewhere else. But I don't think it's fair to paint him in the light of saying that he could be way like this dominant, way better performer because his family's there. And and he, I think a lot of the guys maybe on tour are a bit jealous of of what he's been able to juggle. Now they could say, oh well, I've had a better career. Like let's talk about a, Just a Dustin Johnson, for example. He said he went to live because he wanted to have more time with his family. Okay. So Tony, but he could argue, you know, I've had a better PGA tour career than Tony Finau, but maybe on the inside, Dustin Johnson's slightly like internally jealous of Finau and like the fact that, you know, it's a, a guy at work that, you know, goes home right when he's off and you're, if you work your ass off and you're staying late hours and you're missing time with your family, you know, we kind of haven't really gotten to that point yet, but sometimes I've worked with a few people where I'm like jealous of how they can just put work uh, aside and just live and enjoy their time. And I'm like, fuck, I, why am I always thinking about work and trying to be the best and not saying that I'm the best at whatever job I've done. That's not what I mean, but I've always I been like so fucking good at and always thinking about my job. No, but like when I leave work, I, if I get a call or a text, some people are like, nope, not working, you know, and, and I'm just not wired that way. But I am also jealous of people that are wired that way or they take time off and they just know they're going to get blasted when they get back to work. But they're good about staying away, you know, keeping a, a work life balance. And I mean, shit, the PGA Tour and or the PGA, I'm sure the PGA Tour talks about it as well. But the PGA of America, they do a meeting a year, it seems like on work-life balance. And that's part of, that's a teaching topic and a, a talking point in almost every single meeting we have as a PGA member. So it's something that's huge in the game of golf in general, because it can consume your life, but it looks like Tony Finau is doing a really good job of handling it, at least externally. And I also wonder on the show, like how much they, 
how, how much they ask the players, like what they want to be shown, you know, or if they, if they do at all, it's, it's kind of interesting because like you said, Colin Markow seems like a cool dude, um, kind of vanilla, but he's like, you know, I'm just, I'm just dog. And then Tony Finau's juggling five kids and driving a fucking Mercedes minivan to these different courses, et cetera. But you know, some of that stuff, I wonder if Colin watched the show back or if he did it all and it was kind of like, Oh, I wish they would have shown this, but not that, not me fucking bitching about this quarter inch space in my glove. That's just not letting it fit. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. There's, there's definitely gotta be some sort of um, production. Like, I think that's any integrity of a TV show. You know, you can't just show what, especially if you're doing a document docu-series type deal, you can't just show what they want you to show. You know what I mean? Um, and maybe, maybe they did, but I feel like, like you said, there, there was a part of him where, or a part of, part of this entire show, or there's probably things that the players would have rather left out, but the, the people think it's good TV. So bottom line, I think if it's good TV, you got to put it in there. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the balancing act that Tony has is very impressive. And like you said, there's so many people that struggle with work-life balance in this world. And, uh, for Tony to be able to go play on the PJ tour in a, in a roundabout way, I honestly think him having his family is like motivation. Like you want, you want your kids to see you succeed, especially when they're actually there. So like, it'd be easy for, you know, his kids, if they were at home to never really know how their dad was playing, especially when, you know, I I don't want to say his kids are privileged, but I mean, his kids are definitely a lot more privileged than other, a lot of other families. Um, They could just totally ignore what their dad was doing. You know, they just know he's gone for work, but when he's actually there, they get to see him. And like he said, they get to see him succeed and they get to see him fail. And like, he's kind of like leading by example for his family. Like you're not, you know, I'm going to have bad weeks. I'm not going to play well, but that doesn't mean I'm giving up. Like, this is what I do. And I, I, I thought that was super cool. And even like when he was talking to his son about, or he was talking about his son at, um, he was at the open championship and his son was at like the world juniors. Yeah. World juniors. And he said his son shot like one over one over and then 12 over. And he's like, it sounds like you gave up and I don't like that. And I was like, yeah, I've been there where you just like cash in around where, especially as a junior, like you don't really get, you don't get the overarching idea that there's so much golf to be played down the line. And like, you can actually gain something from like grinding out this back nine, even if you're not playing that well on the front nine, you know what I mean? So I, I totally felt that cause Tony's just a dude that never gave up. Like, and he's, He's like, I'm not raising my son to give up either, you know, just because he's in better circumstances than I was doesn't give him a pass to just, you know, cash it in and play a, you know, play a bad front nine and then just not give a shit and shoot 45 on the back. So I thought that was pretty interesting, too, where Tony's like, he's not giving up. He's 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 going to be grinding. You know what I mean? And I, I totally respect that. Yeah. And he, that was the thing he as a professional golfer, he can put it in perspective for his son the most, you know, like some of these like parents that have shoot 85 when they play golf and they're forcing their 12 year old kid to go out there and grind and be better. Just parents in general have a lot of issues in in the sports world, but him, I think the thing that you could tell he was just bummed about is that he, 
his wife said he felt like he gave up and that was a big thing that Tony never did was give up and, and make his way to the tour and make his way to being one of the better PGA tours players because of how much he just grinded and never quit going from big break to corn Ferry to Canadian tour to PGA tour to PGA tour champion. But his hit when his son like gave up, he was like, ah, you know, that's, that's not cool. I'm cool with you shooting 12 over if you just didn't have a good day. But if you're, you can't be given up on the game if you actually want to be good at it. And, and I feel like his words, you know, your dad's words should usually in most cases always have a lot of weight towards a, a kid, but especially in his life, like he's like, my dad won on the PGA tour. If I actually want to be good, I need to, I know what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what an advantage, like being able to grow up watching your dad win because it makes it, it makes it feel that much. That's why it's so hard to do what Tony has done because like, I wouldn't say it's going to be easier for his son, but if his son wants to play on the PGA tour, he's watched his dad play on tour for 20 years. You know, he knows the ins and outs of it. He, he knows what it takes. And then it also makes it feel like more doable. You know what I mean? You're like, if you know somebody that closely where you're like, my dad did it, why can't I do it? You know what I mean? It it makes it more realistic in your mind. Whereas somebody who doesn't know, you know, anybody that's ever uh, succeeded on the PGA tour or whatever, it makes it feel like an unrealistic thing. So I think for his son, that's going to be his biggest advantage growing up is just having lived with and watched his dad succeed to the level that he did on the PGA tour. So I think that is super cool. And uh, the kids already, I mean, if he's only 12 years old and he's already shooting, you know, even one over par, that's pretty dirty. So I don't care what tease it's from. They didn't mention that, but uh, a few notes I had from the episode is when they did like the open preview St. Andrews. I've talked about it before on here, but I've being there, like after you go there and then you see pictures of it, it just like takes you back to like the place. And it, it is like one of the coolest places on earth. If you're a golf fan, um, cause you've seen it so much on TV and then you get a totally different vantage point of it when you're there. And I just want to go back so bad. Like, I just want to make, I just want us to take a golf trip to, to Scotland. Just, it, it is something that like every golfer should do if you're really that passionate about it. And it's honestly not that expensive, relatively speaking, like you can get a flight connecting wherever to Scotland for seven, 800 bucks. And then, you know, you can find a VRBO or whatever, not that expensive. And then you can play golf over there and golf is not crazy expensive. Like it is over here where you'll pay 500 bucks around, like even for a good round of golf over there, you'll pay maybe 150, 200 bucks. And that's not cheap, but it's not, you know, you're not dropping five, six, $700 around where you're looking at five, 10 grand by the end of the trip. So I think that's something that every golf fan should experience because it'll just totally change your view on the entire place. Um, it is so fucking cool. And uh, did you have anything on St. Andrews? How jealous you are of me? Um, no, we won't get into your golf at St. Andrews. Just like my golf at Whistling Straits. We'll keep that out of the conversation. Uh, one note it's I did like have. You, it's though. like you played in Scotland, but you played in Wisconsin. <laughs> well i mean it's still a pretty incredible course it's not no, the it golf, I'm but it's, i'm just it, it, it is a surreal feeling to me even like looking at whistling straits watching the um the rider cup there and just feeling like oh i 
was in that spot or I was not, my drive was 150 yards short of that. I was also playing in the snow, so it's a little different there. But uh, one last note I had was just how locked in Tiger Woods always is, even in, you know, 2019 when his career was basically over and he won the Masters and Tony Finau was like, uh, he wouldn't even talk to me. <laughs> like that, and that's just another like different thing of, of saying how Tiger was uh, built different. Like, yeah. Ex- and, well, and, and saying how Tony wasn't where he's like in the masters yeah. and he's like, Hey, how's your kids doing? Fine. Done. Conver- conversation over. Tiger yeah. walks away faster. Like, yeah. Down the fairway we go. Um, one other, a couple other things I had Scott Piercy caught some strays. Cause I didn't realize how far behind Tony Finau was going down the stretch at the three M when he won last year. And Piercy just flat out pissed down his leg. He did you did you see that hole with the water up the left? He like had a fairway bunker shot. He left it in the bunker like ten feet in front of him. Like he didn't fit. You know he didn't chunk it out thirty yards. He I don't know if he was trying to like lay it up in the fairway and then chunked it, but he fucking left it in the same fairway bunker. Like horrible. And then he hits that shot into the water. He basically went. I think. I don't know what Piercy shot on Sunday. I, I actually want to look that up because it sounded like Piercy had to have shot 80, um, 80 or above last year to basically lose the event. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so he wasn't even, he, I think he was 19 over to start the day and, uh, or I'm sorry, 19 under, to start the day and then he ended up shooting okay he shot 77 in the final round or five over par uh so 76 par 71 but yeah that was a uh a super rough day and Fina only I mean he played well he shot four under but uh it's not like he shot 62 to you know come back and win Scott Pierce he just played horribly um if Pierce would have shot even par he would have won that event so I'm not not knocking him I mean he's still played well, played solid. And he mentioned he made like one putt that felt like it kind of changed the tide for him. And then like he, he just fucking went out and boat raced everybody at the, at uh, the rocket mortgage. He had one bogey the entire week. That is fucking insane. Like you have one bogey in a round you're stoked. You make one bogey in four rounds of golf on the PGA tour. Like that, if, if you get beat doing that, then just hang them up. Like making one bogey the entire fucking week. That is, that is just like Tony was super dialed. And it was kind of interesting where he was like, yeah, I kind of left like with a sour taste in my mouth after winning. I'm like, how can you leave with a sour taste in your mouth after you literally just won a PGA tour event? But I guess it's that kind of manufactured chip on your shoulder where, I mean, everybody was saying it was a weak field, this and that, but it's like, I check your bank account. That'll get that sour taste out of your mouth real quick. But then he just goes out again and dominates the next week just to kind of like double down on him winning. So I thought that was really cool too. Yeah. He is one of those players that is like a, he's like a, a baby Rory, a diet Rory. And the fact that when he's on, you just feel like he's one of the best just yeah. around when, when they have dominating, when they're dominating off the tee and approaching the green, 
you know, putting is one of those things where if you get hot, it, it becomes insane. Like Patrick Cantlay a couple of years ago where you're like, whoa, he's not missing anything, but it doesn't feel like dominant. It just feels more lucky. But when you're just bombing drives and gouging wedges and, and hitting it to three feet and making all these birdies and not making mistakes, you're like, oh, God, this guy's fucking serious. Yeah, there's definitely guys tee to green that have a higher ceiling than others in Finau and Rory, guys like that. They just have a higher ceiling, you know, when they're when they're at their best, they're better than everyone else. You know, being at their best takes a lot of effort on the putting green. And, you know, it's it's not the strength of their either of their game. But when they're putting well and, you know, they're going to hit it well week in, week out they're they're going to fucking beat everybody on the PGA Tour. So. Yeah, there's there's definitely that factor. Exactly. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, as you're listening to this episode on a Friday or Saturday or whatever, I am actually in Charleston playing some golf, Hilton Head Island area. I'm um, getting out for a few rounds. Check us out on uh, Big Drive Energy Pod on Instagram at Big Drive Energy on Twitter. Be following uh, my my shitty uh, round where I haven't played in a while, so I'm sure I'm gonna get destroyed by these golf courses but gonna be a fun time uh nonetheless make sure you're tuning into all our stuff if you're in colorado and you're in here for the masters and in the state make sure you head out to the dnvr bar come hang with us on saturday from 11 to question mark as we watch the uh the masters third round have some egg salad sandwiches have some john dailies and just have an all-around good time we're going to be doing some giveaways pins and aces guys will be there so it's going to be a blast make sure you're tuning in have a good weekend uh we're at the last tournament before the masters valero texas open enjoy that and we'll talk to you guys next week peace